Hello. Welcome to Auditing the Global Capital Markets with Allison. It is another great program ahead for us. We actually are reporting live from Claremont, California again. And it is uh, the summer solstice, so a beautiful time of year. Looking forward to bringing us into another fascinating discussion in, we're in our coverage of the global capital markets. And in particular, we have been studying the continent of Africa. So we're going to dive back in to where we left off. Uh, we were beginning to look at some of the fascinating information about the current economies in Africa, uh, the background, uh, some of the other information. And we were really uh, fascinated by uh, the 1% that is developing across all 54 countries and understanding where the global capital markets currently lie in terms of investment and growth and development in the case of the African economies. So we should start by reviewing the situation with the current uh, richest people in Africa so that uh, we can kind of have a baseline uh, before we dive into some of the other issues. Uh, it's interesting because we have a very recent article from Forbes Africa that will give us a nice overview of all the 54 countries and island territories and where the multi-billionaires are at this moment. So the Forbes billionaires list of Africa's richest people uh, was published by Forbes Africa at the end of 2022 uh, and basically documented that the countries uh, of Africa as a continent overall the billionaires are collectively 15% richer than a year ago, thanks mostly to the soaring stocks uh, in 2022. The article was done by Carrie A. Dolan. Africa's billionaires are richer than they have been in years. As a group, the continent's 18 billionaires are worth an estimated $84.9 billion a 15% increase from 12 months ago, and the largest tally since at least 2015. Soaring stock prices from Nigeria to Zimbabwe lifted the fortunes of these tycoons, as demand for products and services from telecom to luxury goods ticked up. For the 11th year in a row, Aliki Dangoti of Nigeria is the continent of Africa's richest person worth an estimated $13.9 billion, up from $12.1 billion last year, following a 30% increase in the stock price of Dangoti Cement, his most valuable asset. Jumping into the number two spot up from number four last year is luxury goods magnet Johan Rupert of South Africa. A more than 60% surge in the share price of his luxury goods firm, Compagnie Financière Richemont, maker of Cartier watches and Montblanc pens, 
pushed his fortune to $11 billion, up from $7.2 billion a year ago, making him the biggest gainer on the list. South African Nikki Oppenheimer, who formerly ran diamond mining firm De Beers before selling it to mining firm Anglo-American a decade ago, ranks number three worth an estimated $8.7 billion. The biggest gainer in percentage terms up 125% is Strive Masiyiwa of Zimbabwe, worth $2.7 billion, up from $1.2 billion last year. Shares of Econet Wireless Zimbabwe, which he founded, rose more than 750% in the past year, helping to drive up the size of his fortune. Nigerian cement tycoon Abdul Samad Rabiu is $1.5 billion richer after taking yet another of his companies public. Following the listing of BUA Cement in January 2020, in early January 2022, Rabiu listed his sugar and food firm, BUA Foods, on the Nigerian Stock Exchange with a market capitalization of nearly $2.8 billion. He and his son retained a 96% stake in the company. Forbes discounts the values of stakes when the public float is less than 5%. Only two of the 18 billionaires have net worths that are lower than last year. The first billionaire is Kuz Becker of South Africa, who dropped to $2.7 billion from $2.8 billion, and Mohamed Dawji of Tanzania, whose fortune fell to $1.5 billion from $1.6 billion a year ago. The 18 billionaires from Africa hail from seven different countries. South Africa and Egypt each have five billionaires, followed by Nigeria with three and Morocco with two. All of the continent's billionaires are men. Isabel dos Santos of Angola fell off the Forbes list in January of 2021. Africa's billionaires are richer than they have been in years, as a group, the continent's 18 billionaires are worth an estimated $84.9 billion, a 15% increase from 12 months ago and the largest tally since at least 2015. Now, Forbes uses a particular methodology. Forbes says that our list tracks the wealth of African billionaires who reside in Africa or have their primary business there thus excluding Sudanese-born billionaire Mo Ibrahim, who is a United Kingdom citizen, and billionaire London resident Mohamed Al-Fayed, an Egyptian citizen. Strive Mas Masiyiwa, a citizen of Zimbabwe and a London resident, appears on the list due to his telecom holdings being in Africa, starting in Zimbabwe. Net worths were calculated using stock prices and currency exchanges based on the rates from the close of business on Wednesday, January 19, 2022. 
to value privately held businesses, Forbes starts with estimates of revenue or profits and applies prevailing price to sale or price to earnings ratios for similar public companies. Some list members grow richer or poorer within weeks or days of the measurement date of the Forbes magazine. Just going down the list of the 18, number one, Aliko Dangoti, the net worth of 30, pardon me, a net worth of 13.9 billion, ranked number one as of this year because they were number one also in 2021 with 12.1 billion. They are self-made. He has an origin of his wealth in cement and sugar industries manufacturing, and he's in Lagos, Nigeria. Aliko Dangoti, Africa's richest person, founded and chairs Dangoti Cement, the continent's largest cement producer. He owns 85% of publicly traded Dangoti Cement through a holding company. Dangoti Cement produces 45.6 million metric tons annually and has operations in 10 countries across Africa. After many years in development, Dangoti's fertilizer plant in Nigeria began operations in mid-2021. Dangoti Refinery has been under construction since 2016 and is expected to be one of the world's largest oil refineries once complete. Johan Rupert and family at a net worth of 11 billion. He was ranked number four in 2021 with 7.2 billion. The origin of his wealth is luxury goods. He is 71 years old from Cape Town, South Africa, and the main industry that he was able to reap this wealth of 11 billion as of today is in luxury goods, fashion, and retail. Johan Rupert is chairman of Swiss luxury goods firm Compagnie Financière, Richemont. The company is best known for the brands Cartier and Montblanc. It was formed in 1998 through a spinoff of assets owned by Rembrandt Group Limited, now Remgro Limited, which his father, Anton, formed in the 1940s. He owns 7% of diversified investment firm Remgro, which he chairs, as well as 25% of Raynet, an investment holding company based in Luxembourg. In recent years, Rupert has been a vocal opponent of plans to allow fracking in the Karoo, a region of South Africa where he owns land. Number three is Nikki Oppenheimer and family at 8.7 billion in 2022, ranked number three also in 2021 at 8 billion. Origin of wealth is diamonds and uh, they're in the metals and mining industry. He is 76 years old as of last year from Johannesburg, South Africa. Nikki Oppenheimer, heir to the De Beers Diamond Fortune, sold his 40% of the firm to mining group Anglo-American for $5.1 billion in cash in 2012. For 85 years until 2012, the Oppenheimer family occupied a controlling spot in the world's diamond trade. He was the third generation of his family to run De Beers and took the company private in 2001. In 2014, Oppenheimer started Fireblade Aviation in Johannesburg, which operates chartered flights. He owns at least 
720 square miles of conservation land across South Africa, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. Number four is Nasef Sariris with $8.6 billion. He was ranked number two back in 2021 with $8.5 billion. The origin of his wealth is construction and investments. The industry is construction and engineering. He is 61 years old as of last year from Cairo, Egypt. Nasef Sariris is an investor and a scion of Egypt's wealthiest families. His most valuable asset is a nearly 6% stake in sportswear maker Adidas. In December 2020, he acquired a 5% stake in New York-listed firm Madison Square Garden Sports, owner of the NBA Knicks and the NHL Rangers teams. He runs OCI, one of the world's largest nitrogen fertilizer producers, with plants in Texas and Iowa. It trades on the Euronext Amsterdam Exchange. Oriscom Construction, an engineering and building firm, trades on the Cairo Exchange and NASDAQ Dubai. His holdings include stakes in cement giant Lafarge, Holcim, and Adidas. He sits on the supervisory board of Adidas. Next, we have Ab Abdul Samad Rabiu with a $7 billion net worth, ranked number six back in 2021 with $5.5 billion. Origin of wealth is cement and sugar. Diversified industry, he is 61 years old as of last year from Lagos, Nigeria. Abdul Samad Rabiu is the founder of BUA Group, a Nigerian conglomerate active in cement production, sugar refining, and real estate. In early January 2020, Rabiu merged his privately owned Obu Cement Company with listed firm Cement Company of Northern Nigeria, which he controlled. The combined firm called BUA Cement PLC trades on the Nigerian Stock Exchange. Rabiu owns 98.5% of it. Rabiu, the son of a businessman, inherited land from his father. He set up his own business in 1988, importing iron, steel, and chemicals. Number six is Mike Adenuga at $6.7 billion in net worth, ranking number five as of 2021. Obviously, he's moved up because in 2022, he's, he was... Uh, Pardon me, moved down because he was uh, ranked sixth in 2022. The or is a self-made uh, multi-billionaire. Origin of wealth is telecom and oil. A diversified industry. He is 68 years old from Lagos, Nigeria. Adenuga, full name Mike Adenuga, is Nigeria's second richest man. He built his fortune in telecom and oil production. His mobile phone company network, Globacom, is the third largest operator in Nigeria with 55 million subscribers. His oil exploration outfit, Con Oil Producing, operates six oil blocks in the Niger Delta. Adenuga got an MBA at Pace University in New York, supporting himself as a student by working as a taxi driver. He made his first million at age 26, selling lace, and distributing soft drinks. Fascinating. From a taxi driver in Manhattan, New York, to the second richest man in Nigeria. Interesting. 
Mike Adenuga at $6.7 billion. Number six on the list. Number seven is Isad Rabrab and family. A net worth of $5.1 billion was number seven also in 2021 at $4.8 billion, still at number seven at $5.1 billion in 2022. Self-made, made the money, origin of wealth is food, main industry, food and beverage. He's 78 years old as of last year, and he's from Algiers, Algeria. Isad Ribrab is the founder and CEO of Sevital, Algeria's biggest privately held company. Sevital owns one of the largest sugar refineries in the world with the capacity to produce 2 million tons a year. Sevital owns European companies, including French home appliances maker Group Brandt, an Italian, an Italian steel mill, and a German water purification company. After serving eight months in jail on charges of corruption, Rebrab was released on January 1st, 2020. He denies any wrongdoing. Number eight is Naguib Saris with a net worth of $3.4 billion. He was also number eight in 2021 with a net worth of, of $3.2 billion then. His origin of wealth is telecom. He's still in the telecom industry. He's 67 years old as of last year. Country of residence is Cairo, Egypt. Naguib Sararis is a scion of Egypt's, of Egypt's wealthiest families. His brother Nasif is also a billionaire. He built a fortune in telecom, selling Oroscom Telecom in 2011 to Russian telecom firm Vimpelcom, now Vion, in a multi-billion dollar transaction. He is chairman of Oroscom TMT Investments, which has stakes in an asset manager in Egypt, and Italian, Italian internet company, Italia Online, among others. Through his Media Globe holdings, Sararis owns 88% of pan-European pay TV and video news network, Euronews. He also developed a luxury resort called Silver Sands on the Caribbean island of Grenada. Interesting. Now we move to number nine. Patrice Motsepe, with a net worth of $3.1 billion. He was ranked number nine as well in 2021, like 2022, with the same $3 billion. Now he has $3.1 billion as of 2022. He's self-made. The origin of the wealth is metal and mining. Industries, metals, and mining. Origin of wealth is mining. He's 59 years old as of last year from Johannesburg, South Africa. Patrice Motsepi, the founder and chairman of the African Rainbow Minerals, became a billionaire in 2008, the first black African on the Forbes list. In 2016, he launched a private equity firm, African Rainbow Capital, focused on investing in Africa. Motsepi also has a stake in Sanlan, a listed financial services firm and is the president and owner of the Mame Lodi Sundowns Football Club. In March 2021, Motsepi was elected president of the Confederation of African Football, the sports governing body on the continent. 
1994, he became the first Black partner at law firm Bowman Gilfillan in Johannesburg and then started a mining services contracting business. In 1997, he bought low-producing gold mine shafts and later turned them profitable. Moving to number 10, Kuz Becker, who also was number 10 in 2021. He has a net worth in 2022 of $2.7 billion, while his net worth in 2021 was $2.8 billion, self-made. Origin of the wealth is media and investments. 69 years old, reigning from Cape Town, South Africa. The industry is media and entertainment. Kuz Becker is revered for transforming South African newspaper publisher Naspers into an e-commerce investor and cable TV powerhouse. He led Naspers to pay a reported $34 million for a third of Chinese internet firm Tencent Holdings in 2001, perhaps the greatest venture investment ever. In 2019, Naspers put some assets into two publicly traded companies, entertainment firm, multi-choice group, and Prosys, which contains the 10 cent stake. Naspers sold a 2% stake in 10 cent in 2018. In April, 2021, Prosys sold nearly $15 billion worth of 10 cent taking its stake to 29%. Becker, who retired at the, as a CEO of Naspers in March 2014, returned as chairman in April 2015. So greatest investment venture ever, putting $34 million in 2001, and by 2021, had a $15 billion stake in Tencent. Unbelievable. That is quite a, a jump. In 20 years, from 34 million for a third of Chinese internet firm Tencent Holdings in 2021, in 20, 2001 to April 2021, selling nearly $15 billion worth of Tencent. Wow. Moving on to number 10 is Strive Masayiwa, who was all the way down as number 16 in uh, 2021 with a net worth of $1.2 billion. Now his net worth is $2.7 billion, self-made. The origin of his wealth is in telecom, industries telecom, and he's 60 years old. His country is Zimbabwe, and he's currently a resident in, of London. Strive Masayiwa overcame protracted government opposition to launch mobile phone network Econet Wireless Zimbabwe in his country of birth in 1998. He owns just over 50% of the publicly traded Econet Wireless Zimbabwe, which is one part of his larger Econet group. Masayiwa also owns just over half of private company Liquid Telecom, which provides fiber optic and satellite services to telecom firms across Africa. 
His other assets include stakes in mobile phone networks in Burundi and Lesotho, and investments in fintech and power distribution firms in Africa. He and his wife, Tsitsi, founded the Higher Life Foundation, which supports orphaned and poor children in Zimbabwe, South Africa, Burundi, and Lesotho. Number 12 is Mohamed Mansour, with a net worth of $2.5 billion, ranked number 11 in 2021, with the same net worth of $2.5 billion, uh, but this year moves to $2.5 billion as number 12. Self-made, origin of wealth is a diversified slew of things. He's 74 years old, resident of Cairo in the country of Egypt. Mohammed Mansour oversees family conglomerate Mansour Group, which was founded by his father, Lutfi, who died in 1976. The father founded the firm in 1952, and it now has 60,000 employees. Mansour established General Motors dealerships in Egypt in 1975, later becoming one of GM's biggest distributors worldwide. Mansour Group also has exclusive distribution rights for Caterpillar equipment in Egypt and seven other African countries. He served as Egypt's Minister of Transportation from 2006 to 2009 under the Hosni Mubarak regime. His brothers, Yassin and Youssef, who share ownership in the family group, are also billionaires. His son, Lutfi, heads private equity arm, Man Capital. Number 13 is Aziz Akanunuk and family at $2.2 billion in net worth. Interesting, he was number 12 in 2021. He's number 13 in 2023. 2021, he had a net worth of $2 billion. This year, 2022, he has $2.2 billion. Origin of wealth is petroleum and it's diversified in other things. He is 61 years old, resident of Casablanca in the country of Morocco. Aziz Akhanouk is the majority owner of Aqua Group, a multi-billion dollar conglomerate founded by his father and a partner, Ahmed Wakhrin, in 1932. It has interest in petroleum, gas, and chemicals through publicly traded Afriquia, Gaz, and Maghreb, Oxygen. Akanouk was appointed prime minister of Morocco in September 2021. That's interesting. Number 14 is Michel Leroux with a net worth of $1.7 billion. He was ranked number 16 in 2021, has moved up to 14 as his net worth in 2021 was 1.2 billion, now it's 1.7 billion. He's self-made, origin of wealth is banking, and his industry is finance and investments. His age is 72 years old. He resides in Selenbosch in South Africa. Michael LaRue of South Africa founded Capitec Bank in 2001 and owns about an 11% stake. The bank, which trades on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, targets South Africa's emerging middle class. He served as chairman of the board of Capitec from 2007 to 2016, 
and has continued on as a board member. LaRue previously ran Boland Bank, a small regional bank in Cape Town's hinterland. Number 15 is Othman Benjaloun and family. With a net worth of $15 billion, he was also 15 in the ranking in 2021 with a similar net worth in 2021 of $1.3 billion. He moved up to $1.5 billion in 2022. Origin of wealth is banking and insurance. The industry is finance and investments. And as of last year, he was 89 years old, resident of Casablanca in the country of Morocco. Othman Benjaloun is CEO of BMCE Bank of Africa, which has a presence in more than 20 African countries. His father was a shareholder in RMA, a Moroccan insurance company. Benjaloun built it into a leading insurer. Through his holding company, Financecom, he has a stake in the Moroccan arm of French telecom firm Orange, or Orange. He inaugurated it in 2014 with a $500 million plan to build the 55-story Mohammed VI Tower in Rabat. It will be one of the tallest buildings in Africa. Financecom is part of a project to develop a multi-billion dollar tech city in Tangiers or Tanger. It is expected to host 200 Chinese companies. Moving to number 15, is Mohamed Dejui, the net worth of $1.5 billion. He was, interesting enough, ranked at 13 in 2021 because he had a net worth of $1.6 billion. But in 2022, it fell to $1.5 billion. The origin of the wealth is uh, diversified. He's in a diversified set of industries. He's only 46 years old. And he is from the country of Tanzania and resides in Dar es Salaam. Mohamed Dawiji is the CEO of MeTL, a Tanzanian conglomerate founded by his father in the 1970s. MeTL is active in textile manufacturing, flour milling, beverages, and edible oils in Eastern, Southern, and Central Africa. MeTL operates in at least six African countries and has ambitions to expand to several more. Deoji, Tanzania's only billionaire, signed the Giving Pledge in 2016, promising to donate at least half his fortune to philanthropic causes. Deoji was reportedly kidnapped at gunpoint in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, in October 2018 and released after nine days. Number 15 is Youssef Mansour the brother of the other Mansour we've covered, with a net worth of $1.5 billion. He was number 14 in 2021 in the ranking, the net worth of $1.5 billion as well, but he's moved down to 15. He's self-made. The origin of the wealth is diversified. He's now 76 as of 2022. He's a resident of Cairo in the country of Egypt. Youssef Mansour is chairman of family-owned conglomerate Mansour Group which was founded by his father, Lutfi, who died in 1976 and founded the company in 1952. Mansour Group is the exclusive distributor of GM vehicles and Caterpillar equip equipment in Egypt 
and several other countries. He oversees the Consumer Goods Division, which includes supermarket chain Metro and sold distribution rights for L'Oreal in Egypt. Younger brothers, Mohammed and Yassine, are also billionaires and part owners of the Mansour Group. So we already covered Mohammed. We've covered now Yusuf. So let's move on to the next billionaire who's a part of the Mansour Group, which is Yassin. So ranked at number 18 in 2022, Yassin Mansour has a net worth of $1.1 billion and was actually lower, um, was actually the same 18 ranking in 2021, pardon me, with the same net worth uh, in 2021 of 1.1 billion. Also self-made, origin of wealth was in a diversified set of industries, diversified industries. He's now 60 years old as of 2022. He's a resident of Cairo in the country of Egypt. So we have now covered all 18 uh, billionaires in Africa across all 54 countries. So moving on, very important to juxtapose this uh, with the understanding on the human development side, because I think that we always look at the global capital markets and all the growth and development, but I like to also see the human side. And we know that the lowest human development numbers tend to be on the continent of Africa. And so we can see that um, in particular when you juxtaposition it to the richest 18 billionaires. So we can see that overall, the human development uh, report from the United Nations Human United Nations Development Program. They put out a human development report. It tries to give you a sense of what are the rankings of the countries and and where where do they land. And unfortunately, the African continent tends to have a very high level of uh, countries with a low ranking on the human development index which is a measure of average achievement in the basic dimensions of human development across countries and a compendium of key development statistics relevant to the report. And I think it's very interesting uh, to you know, look at how the African countries stack up. And you find that for all 54 countries, um, the only ones that are above the, uh, well, most of them are in the low or medium human development range. You just have a, fan, a handful that are in the high development um, and only one um, Mauritius, the island with a very high human development index. So, you know, very powerful African billionaires, important that we understand, you know, where they're, ranking in terms of the 18 billionaires that are there. But at the same time, we, we wanna understand what's happening with the other over 1 billion people that live across the African continent. So we're gonna continue on with our discussions of the richest people 
across Africa and understanding a lot more about the industries that these magnets are working in. And we already reviewed the richest people and we were able to cease that there seems to be a theme in terms of the concentration in certain industries. So uh, we saw a, a lot of uh, work in telecom, in cement, in luxury goods, in fossil fuels, obviously in uh, diamonds, in oil, in the different industries around uh, infrastructure development. So that seems to be a theme across a number of countries around the world as we've been studying this. Uh, and it does seem that you do see a running theme from manufacturing to fashion and retail to metals and mining, construction and engineering, food and beverage, telecommunications, media and entertainment, finance and investments, and then of course those that are in a diversified um, mix of all those things. So it, it, it shows that the, no matter which continent you're on or you know which country, there is this uh, amalgamation of the money being in certain industries and concentrating um, through the billionaires, you know, in, in certain uh, areas. So I think that that gives you a sense of what is driving the overall global capital markets, which we have been studying from week to week. And when you look at the rankings, whether it was 2021 or going all the way up to 2023, uh, you tend to see that the kinds of industries that are dominating uh, continue to be uh, the same with the same families. So those that got the access and the power uh, at some point, um, they've been able to concentrate that well. And you know that has been going on for quite some time. So I think that the other piece that will be good to touch on uh, for our program today is to dive into some of the ramifications uh, when we look at the effects of this on the African continent. And we had begun to dive into some of that with our review of overall growth in Africa, uh, what is happening um, across the African continent, and some you know really interesting history that we were getting into as well. So we're gonna review that again, uh, continuing the discussion um, from where we picked off. Now that we have some background and, and interesting uh, understanding of the uh, current wealth and where it's concentrated with the 18 richest people. So interesting enough, uh, one of the things people always look at is that Africa is considered by most paleoanthropologists, the oldest inhabited territory on the earth with the human species originating from the continent of Africa. 
During the mid 20th century, anthropologists discovered many fossils and evidence of human occupation, perhaps as early as 7 million years ago, before the present moment. And the fossil remains of several species of early ape-like humans thought to have evolved into the modern human, such as the Austro Australopithecus afarensis, radiometrically dated to approximately 3.9 to 3 million years ago, um, as well as Paranthropus boci from 2.3 to 1.4 million years ago, and the Homo ergaster from 1.9 million to 600,000 years ago have all been discovered in Africa. After the evolution of us as the Homo sapiens approximately 350 to 260,000 years ago uh, from the present, you know, before the present moment in Africa, uh, the continent was mainly populated, you know, by groups of hunter-gatherers. Um, these first modern humans left Africa and populated the rest of the globe during the out of Africa second migration that dated to approximately 50 years before the present moment, exiting the continent either across the Bab el-Mandeb over the Red Sea, the Strait of Gibraltar in Morocco, or the Isthmus of the Suez in Egypt. Other migrations of modern humans within the African continent have been dated to that time with evidence of early human settlement founded in Southern Africa, Southeast Africa, North Africa, and the Sahara. Now, the emergence of civilization is also um, you know, founded in Africa. The size of the Sahara has historically been extremely variable with its area rapidly fluctuating and at times disappearing depending on global climactic conditions. At the end of the ice ages, estimated to have been around 10,500 BCE, the Sahara had again become a green fertile valley and its African populations returned from the interior and coastal highlands in sub-Saharan Africa with rock art paintings depicting a fertile Sahara and large populations discovered in Tassili in Ajer, dating back perhaps 10 millennia. However, the warming and drying climate meant that by 5000 BCE, the Sahara region was becoming increasingly dry and hostile after around 3,500 BCE. Due to a tilt in the Earth's orbit, the Sahara experienced a period of rapid desertification. The population trekked out of the Sahara region towards the Nile Valley below the second cataract where they made permanent or semi-permanent settlements. A major climactic recession occurred lessening the heavy and persistent rains in Central and Eastern Africa. Since this time, dry conditions have prevailed in Eastern Africa and increasingly during the last 200 years in Ethiopia, which we can see with all the droughts in the last 100 years in Ethiopia. The domestication of cattle in Africa preceded agriculture and seems to have ex ex existed alongside hunter-gatherer cultures. It is speculated that by 6,000 BCE, cattle were domesticated in North Africa. In the Sahara Nile complex, people domesticated many animals, including the donkey, 
and a small screwhorn goat, which was common from Algeria to Nubia. Between 10,000 and 9,000 BCE, pottery was independently invented in the region of Mali in the savanna of West Africa. In the steppes and savannas of the Sahara and Sahel in Northern West Africa, people possibly ancestral to modern Nilo-Saharan and Mande cultures started to collect mild millet around 8,000 to 6,000 BCE. Later, gourds, uh, watermelons, castor beans, and cotton were also collected. Sorghum was first domesticated in Eastern Sudan around 4,000 BCE. And one of the earliest instances of agriculture in human history, its cultivation would gradually spread across Africa before spreading to India around 2000 BCE. So they're talking about sorghum, which was first domesticated in Eastern Sudan around 4000 BCE. Sorghum was first domesticated in the Sudan region by the, uh, of the African continent. They also started making pottery and built stone settlements. Example, Tikit Owalata. Fishing using bone-tipped harpoons became a major activity in the numerous streams and lakes formed from the increased rains. In West Africa, the wet phase ushered in an expanding rainforest and wooded savanna from Senegal to Cameroon. Between 9,000 and 5,000 BCE, Niger-Congo speakers domesticated the oil palm and raffia palm, black-eyed peas and voanzia, African groundnuts, were domesticated, followed by okra and kola nuts. Since most of the plants grew in the forest, the Niger-Congo speakers invented polished stone axes for clearing forests. Around 4000 BCE, the Saharan climate started to become drier at an exceedingly fast pace. This climate change caused lakes and rivers to shrink significantly and caused increasing desertification. This in turn decreased the amount of land conducive to settlements and encouraged migrations of farming communities to the more tropical climate of West Africa. During the first millennium BCE, a reduction in wild grain populations related to changing climate conditions facilitated the expansion of farming communities and the rapid adoption of rice cultivation around the Niger River. By the first millennium BCE, ironworking had been introduced in Northern Africa. Around that time, it, has, it also became established in parts of Sub-Saharan Africa, either through independent invention there or diffusion from the north and vanished under unknown circumstances around 500 CE, having lasted approximately 2000 years. And by 500 BCE, metalworking began to become commonplace in West Africa. Ironworking was fully established by roughly 500 BCE in many areas of East and West Africa, although other regions didn't begin ironworking until the early century CE. Copper objects from Egypt, North Africa, Nubia, and Ethiopia, dating from about around 500 BCE, have been 
excavated in West Africa, suggesting that trans-Saharan trade networks had been established by the state. At about, at about 3,300 BCE, the historical record opens in Northern Africa with the rise of literacy in the pharaonic civilization for the pharaohs, the pharaonic civilization of ancient Egypt, one of the world's earliest and longest lasting civilizations. The Egyptian state continued with varying levels of influence over other areas until 343 BCE. Egyptian influence reached deep into modern day Libya and Nubia, and according to Martin Bernal, as far north as Crete. An independent center of civilization with trading links to Phoenicia was established by Phoenicians from Tyre on the northwest African coast at Carthage. European exploration of Africa began with the ancient Greeks and Romans. In 332 BCE, Alexander the Great was welcomed as a liberator in Persian-occupied Egypt. He founded Alexandria in Egypt, which would become the pro prosperous capital of the Ptolemaic dynasty after his death. Following the conquest of North Africa's Mediterranean coastline by the Roman Empire, the area was integrated economically and culturally into the Roman system. Roman settlement occurred in modern Tunisia and elsewhere along the coast. The first Roman emperor native to North Africa was Septimius Severus, born in Leptis Magna in present-day Libya. His mother was Italian Roman and his father was Punic. Christianity spread across these areas at an early date from Judea via Egypt and beyond the borders of the Roman world into Nubia. By 340 CE at the latest, it, has, it had become the state religion of the Aksumite Empire in what is now Ethiopia, called at the time Abyssinia. Syro-Greek missionaries who arrived by way of the Red Sea were responsible for this theological development in the Aksumite Empire of Ethiopia. In the early seventh century, the newly formed Arabian Islamic Caliphate expanded into Egypt and then into North Africa. In a short while, the local Berber elite had been integrated into Muslim Arab tribes. When the Umayyad capital, Damascus, fell in the eighth century, the Islamic center of the Mediterranean shifted from Syria to Qurawan in North Africa. Islamic North Africa had become diverse and a hub for mystics, scholars, jurists, and philosophers. During the above mentioned period, Islam spread to Sub-Saharan Africa. So this would be during the eighth century, mainly through trade routes and migration. In West Africa, Dar Tichlit and Wat Lata in present-day Mauritania figure prominently among the early urban centers dated to 2000 BCE. About 500 stone settlements litter the region in the former savanna of the Sahara. Its inhabitants fished and grew millet. It has been found by Augustine Hall 
that the Soninike of the Mande peoples were likely responsible for constructing such settlements. Around 300 BCE, the region became more desiccated and the settlements began to decline, most likely relocating to Pumbi Saleh. Architectural evidence and the comparison of pottery styles suggests that Dar Tikit was related to the subsequent Ghana Empire. Jene Jeno in the present day Mali area was settled around 300 BCE and the town grew to house a sizable Iron Age population as evidenced by crowded cemeteries the living structures were made of sun-dried mud. By 250 BCE, Jene Jeno had become a large thriving market town. Farther south in central Nigeria, around 1,500 BCE, the Nok culture developed on the Jaws Plateau. It was a highly centralized community. The Nok people produced lifelike representations in terracotta, including human heads and human figures elephants and other animals. By 500 BCE and possibly earlier, they were smelting iron. By 200 CE, the Nok culture had vanished and vanished under unknown circumstances around 500 CE, having lasted approximately 2000 years. Based on stylistic similarities with the Nok terracottas, the bronze figurines of the Yoruba kingdom of Ife and those of the Bini kingdom of Benin are suggested to be continuations of the traditions of the earlier Nok culture. If we go to the 9th to 18th centuries, pre-colonial Africa possessed perhaps as many as 10,000 different states and polities, characterized by many different sorts of political organizations and rule. These included small family groups of hunter-gatherers such as the San people of Southern Africa, larger, more structured groups, such as the family clan groupings of the Bantu speaking peoples of Central, Southern and Eastern Africa, heavily structured clan groups in the Horn of Africa, the large Sahelian kingdoms and autonomous city-states and kingdoms, such as those of the Akan, Edo, Yoruba and Igbo people in West Africa and the Swahili coastal trading towns in Southeast Africa. By the 9th century CE, a string of dynastic states, including the earliest Hausa states, stretched across the sub-Saharan savanna from the Western regions to central Sudan. The most powerful of these states were Ghana, Gao, and the Kanem Bornu Empire. Ghana declined in the 11th century, but was succeeded by the Mali Empire, which consolidated much of Western Sudan in the 13th century. Kanem accepted Islam in the 11th century. In the forested regions of the West African coast, independent kingdoms grew with little influence from the Muslim North. The kingdom of Nui was established around the 9th century and was one of the, of the first. It is also one of the oldest kingdoms in present day Nigeria and was ruled by the Eze Niri. 
The Neri Kingdom is famous for its elaborate bronzes found at the town of Ibo Uku. The bronzes have been dated from as far back as the ninth century. The Kingdom of Ife, historically the first of three Yoruba city-states or kingdoms, established government under a priestly Oba, king or ruler in the Yoruba language, called the Uni of La Ife. Ife was noted as a major religious and cultural center in West Africa and its unique naturalistic tradition of bronze sculpture. The Ife model of government was adapted at the Oyo Empire, where its obas or kings, called the Alafines of Oyo, once controlled a large number of other Yoruba and non-Yoruba city-states and kingdoms. The Fon Kingdom of Daomey was one of the non-Yoruba domains under Oyo control. The Almoravids were a Berber dynasty from the Sahara that spread over a wide area of Northwestern Africa and the Iberian Peninsula during the 11th century. The Banu Hilal and Banu Makil were a collection of Arab Bedouin tribes from the Arabian Peninsula who migrated westwards via Egypt between the 11th and 13th centuries. Their migration resulted in the fusion of the Arabs and Berbers where the locals were Arabized and Arab culture absorbed elements of the local culture under the unifying framework of Islam. Following the breakup of Mali, a local leader named Soni Ali from 1464 to 1492 founded the Songhai Empire in the region of Middle Niger and the Western Sudan and took control of the Trans-Saharan trade. Soni Ali seized Timbuktu in 1468 and Jene in 1473, building his regime on trade revenues and the cooperation of Muslim merchants. His successor, Askia Mohammed, from 1493 to 1528, made Islam the official religion, built mosques, and brought to Gao Muslim scholars, including al-Maghili, who died in 1504, the founder of an important tradition of Sudanic African Muslim scholarship, Askia Mohammed, the Sudanic African Muslim scholarship. By the 11th century, some house estates such as Kano, Jigawa, Katsina, and Gobir had developed into walled towns engaging in trade, servicing caravans, and the manufacture of goods. Until the 15th century, these small states were on the periphery of the major Sudanic empires of the era, paying tribute to Songhai to the west and Kanem Borno to the east. Very fascinating understanding of the pre history and the history and the ongoing all the way up until the beginning of the next era in Africa, which we'll have to cover next time, uh, which would be between the 15th and the 19th centuries. Very interesting, giving all the background for where those 54 countries are today. So we'll continue the discussions. The global capital markets are a fascinating conglomeration of areas because it affects politics, it affects history, it affects the economy, the financial markets. 
it's an understanding of the movement of, cap of capital around the world. And that's precisely what we're looking at. So I'm Allison Johnson, reporting live from Claremont, California. We're on our 18th episode of auditing the global capital markets with Allison. We're deep into the African continent with the 54 countries and islands. And we're just beginning to understand the full thrust of the information about this dynamic continent of over 1 billion people. Look forward to continuing our discussions next time. If you need to reach me, I'm at Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at 2414morgan.com or at www.2414mdinternational.com. I am Allison Johnson across all social media from Allison Johnson on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, Snapchat, and Twitter. Look forward to speaking with you through the social media channels. Thank you so much again for joining us. And until next time, this is Allison Johnson auditing the global capital markets with Allison. Take good care. Cheers. <laughs>